This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth. Exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, got another episode of From Paint to Purpose. Today we got John Barsness, and John's going to go through uh, more of a detailed look at the core values, the mission that uh, drive FCP services. John, welcome. Thanks for being a guest on your own show. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I let's let's just dive right in and um, just give us a background about why values are important for a company and why um, it's such a big deal here at FCP. I think in general, if you are an organization that is going to be a part, uh, wants to be more than just whatever you do, whether it's making products or providing services, if it goes beyond that, you are, uh, are going to look for ways in which you can connect both your workforce and your clients to a greater purpose. And so ultimately, those organizations who decide they want to be a values-based organization are going to make sure that that's an intentional effort. In specifically for FCP services, this actually started uh, with our founder, uh, Charles Campion, in the way in which he wanted to conduct business. And so it is, it was important to him to do business the right way. And so while he didn't necessarily articulate it from a value standpoint, it was seen that way just in the way in which we, we treated our subcontractors, our employees, our clients, and the way in which we conducted ourselves in business. And so as he grew the business and we brought our current owners uh, into the fold, that just became something that was more and more how we went about doing business. It wasn't always set, stated, but you could tell and you could feel it based on how we were getting responses from our clients, the type of people we attracted to join the organization. And so now fast forward 30 years and we are an organization that is intentionally building our, our company culture around our core values. And that has become stated. That has become the way in which we are going to uh, conduct ourselves and the things that matter the most. And so our culture is built around our three core values of people, drive, and growth. And there isn't one of those that is more important than the other. They all work well together with one purpose, which is to create a great company with great people with unlimited opportunities. And so because of that, it's our foundation for everything that we do. I want you to expound on the mission statement that you just stated and uh, and why is it important that there's nothing about what you actually do as far as services provided or products in that mission statement. So how did you come up with that mission statement and why is it important that um, it reads the way it does? Yeah, I was very intentional on that as well. We know uh, as we've grown the business uh, from the time that, that Charles started the company to where we are today, our service line has, has changed. Our strategy consistently evolves as the industry evolves. But at the end of the day, we want to create an environment and serve our clients and support our team members that is goes beyond what we do. And so that that mission statement is really designed to give us an opportunity 
regardless of what service offerings we get into, regardless of where we take the business, that that becomes our anchor point. It's our true north of who we are as an organization. So as we looked at building out that mission statement, to have a great company means that we are purposeful in exceeding expectations of our clients. It's not, it's not just about a revenue number. It's about how we influence the industry. It's about how we show up in the communities that we serve and live in. And so that great company is about becoming the best version of ourselves, both as an organization, but also the individuals within the organization. Great people obviously drive a great company. If you don't have great people in your organization, if they're not aligned around that mission, then you're not going to be able to support that growth, uh, both from, from an organizational standpoint and with the individuals involved. And so when we talk about great people, it's about people who care deeply about what we do. Uh, but most, more importantly, they care deeply about doing the very best that they can and showing up every day at that, as that best version of themselves. And then with unlimited opportunities, this is a hallmark of the organization has been from the very beginning. Our two owners uh, today started in the business as laborers and they've grown over 20 plus years in the organization to take on almost every role that is imaginable in the organization, that was something that our founder determined to do, not intentionally necessarily, but because that's just the type of human he was. And that's something that has traditionally then been what we've been able to anchor ourselves on. So our mission and the ultimate goal is that nobody would know exactly what we do because it really doesn't matter what we do. That mission will remain. Can you talk a little bit about putting pen to paper and um, why these three values were the ones that you chose and maybe how they are the anchor, but how other values might flow from these values? Yeah, I think that uh, when we decided to put pen to paper to these and make it make the core values explicit, you're absolutely right that as an organization is smaller, there's less people involved. And so it can become less spoken because it's just how we do business. But as you enter new people into the organization, as you do grow and, and as the uh, primary people in the business get further and further away from the day to day, it becomes even more important to be intentional about what those values actually mean. And so when we sat down and looked at creating values statements, which was around those three core values of people driving growth, it became, well, what are the behaviors that that shows? And so for our people core value, for instance, it's about treating people with respect and dignity, expecting high performance from people, but also being able to demonstrate care, candor, especially when we disagree. And so for us, being able to create an environment in which people can speak up and say what they believe and what they feel, especially to leaders, is an important part of how we're developing. But both of those components, both care and candor, matter in, in, in our people core value. It's not We can have a bunch of really nice people and not perform. Well, that's not living out our core value of people. It's the same thing if we had a bunch of high performers, but they were all jerks to everybody. It's not going to live out our core values. And so it really is being able to combine those two components of things. And it's similar to any other business. As a for-profit company, we have to make money. 
Because if we don't make money, we don't exist. And if we don't make money, we can't pour into our people and drive those culture pieces and the core values. And so it is not necessarily a tension between do you treat people with respect and dignity and you make money. They work hand in hand. We believe that when we live out our core values on a daily basis, when we lead by them, when we have uh, the teams around us that uh, that are customer facing or project specific, if they're all living out those core values, the bottom line is going to take care of itself. We still have to be responsible. We still have to do the work. It doesn't just happen, but it's the that those outcomes are a direct result of us living out our core values. And so, for instance, with our people core value, as as our founder started the business, part of why he decided he was going to treat people a certain way is because he wasn't treated that way when he was a subcontractor. So he was frustrated in the industry that he was not being given the respect that he and his teams deserved because of the work that they did. And so when he endeavored to start our organization, it had everything to do with wanting to make sure that we took care of the people that made us the money. And, and so that has been a hallmark and it wasn't something that we explicitly said until now. And now we know that that, what that looks like. And so when we created our core values, we have very clear behaviors that we expect from people based on those core values. Um, and, and so it, it becomes a part of who we are. We measure it. It's as, it's as, as objective as any accountability might be in what people do. What we say to people is that our core values determine the how and why the accountabilities or those job descriptions are the what, and they all have to blend together in that, in that way. Would you be able to give any examples of when chip, um, really went against the grain for what is typical in the industry to live out that people core value and just, um, I guess, make it a little bit more, um, I don't know, yeah, concrete to, to visualize what that means. Yeah, I think the easiest way to explain how, as an organization, again, started by Chip as, a, as the founder, uh, when it comes to taking care of our people, we are a second chance organization. And what that means is we are not uh, strictly held to, we have to have certain things that come across uh, on a clean background check or people who are fighting maybe addictions. We are a company that says, we believe that, the, that every human has infinite value. And because of that, we are willing to give people a second and sometimes third and fourth opportunity because we believe that the more we can pour into them, the more we can support them, the more we can believe in them, the more that they can see that value in themselves, especially at times in their lives when maybe they don't. So because of his history, he believes in giving people those opportunities. And we have gone as an organization, and he has personally out of his way to bring those folks into the fold and give them opportunities. We have a, a, a local foreman who's been with us for uh, almost 30 years now, and he is a walking example of the opportunities that CHIP would give people who are coming out of programs that maybe other or, uh, others in our industry, while they would know that that's somewhat of the history and background of many people in the construction space, wouldn't give them those opportunities. And because of that, we've created this fierce loyalty in the organization, not to 
Chip himself, although that's true, or not to James and Robert or myself as leaders in the organization, but to the organizational culture. Uh, it also means that when something happens in the field, so we have traveling crews that are on the road for six to eight months. It's not uncommon for us to have uh, a phone call from somebody in the field who's dealing with a life crisis. They might have something going on at home because they're not there every day. They're married. They have kids. Life happens. We all know that. Many of us can be able to go home at night and resolve those things in person. These guys can't. They've made a commitment to be on the road. This is how they make their livelihood. And so for us to say to them, oh, life happens, you're just going to have to suck it up and go continue to work because we need to produce the revenue. Instead, we always look at those situations and say, what can we do to help support that? Do we need to fly them home and cover that cost to and from? Do we need to help them out in some form or fashion? And we're always willing to examine those uh, things, sometimes at the expense of the business and production. Uh, but it's the right thing to do. And so we, we try very hard never to let the bottom line get in the way of doing the right thing, which is ultimately what it means to live out our people core value is you care deeply about people. And sometimes you make decisions that on paper don't make sense from a business perspective, but it's the right thing to do. That's amazing. So that that's the people side of things, the drive side of things. I know this is um, just as important. Like, like we say, it's the three legged stool and drive is about high performance. And this is a culture that, like we've talked about before, uh, culture that can kind of sound soft and mushy at times, but performance, there's no doubt about that FCP is top in the business. I mean, they're world-class at what they do. Um, talk about the drive and how you balance that out with the people and the, you know, the softer skills, but then also drive. Yeah, I think you can make the connection between people and drive in that one statement uh, around our people that we both expect people to treat people with respect and dignity, but we also expect everyone to, to adhere to a, a mindset of excellence and that high performance. And so you have to be careful because sometimes you can get so fixated on this idea of driven towards excellence that you can run people over, and that's why they they go hand in hand. It, it, you can't outweigh one or the or, over the other. Uh, if, as a people manager, if all I worry about is treating people really really well, but I'm ignoring the fact that they're underperformers, I'm actually not treating them with respect and dignity. Now that sometimes sounds counterintuitive because it's like, well, if they're underperforming, doesn't that mean you have to have a difficult conversation with them? Yes. And that's why it becomes fierce in some ways, not in a cutthroat culture, but in a candid conversation. And the only way you can do that and have respect and dignity for people is to build the relationship. So that people side really does set the stage for how we can then expect a drivenness in people. What I've come to realize over my career is that as a manager, I can't motivate anybody to do anything that they don't want to do. I can create an environment that is either enabling a self-driven motivation or I can create an environment that's based on fear. In either case, it's about how that plays out in the workforce. And so for me, it's looking at around us and saying, I'm going to set clear expectations for what success and excellence looks like on the teams that I manage. I'm going to tie that back to the business goals and our core values. And so it also starts with hiring people. If I'm going to hire people, they have to have that intrinsic value of, 
I want to go and do the best that I can every day. And that's not a shrug the shoulders. Oh, I tried my best. It's not about trying. It's about d deciding every day that you're going to be the best version of yourself every single day, even though we're going to fall short of that some days, but I'm going to endeavor to do that every single day. And my commitment to myself and to the team and to the organization is that that means I'm going to strive for excellence every single day. And so we've come to realize and we interview for this and we and we assess for this with our with uh, our our hiring processes is to find those in those people who are internally motivated where I don't have to manage your performance. I can enable high performance by being able to create the environment in which people who are driven internally are taking ownership of their job and they're delivering results. And so from a, from a drive perspective, if you, you have to balance the, the care and candor of people with that expectation of what excellence looks like. So for as an, as an organization, we set tangible goals every year, um, and they are obviously metrics driven, whether that's based on revenue, profitability, production, or just simply growth in terms of people and what scalability we can create for the organization. All of that is coming to a place of being able to understand how that drive factor comes into place. And it's creating that ability to support the team members. So as leaders in the organization, our drivenness has to be for others. It can't be for ourselves. And that's a hallmark of our leadership style is that it is a servant type leadership. It is about how do I serve my team, not them serving me. Again, countercultural in many ways. We might talk about those things in organizations, but the vast majority have a hard time living that out. And so my drivenness as a people manager, as the president of the, of the organization, is to create an environment where people can do the best that they can because they're striving towards excellence, because they are clear about what those expectations and what success needs to look like. Yeah, you mentioned ownership, and that seems like such a key part of being a high performer is owning your role. And in this culture, I know that you empower people to own their role and deliver results and you're not about micromanaging that's not what you want to do you want to give responsibility and trust that you've hired people to do their job and they're going to take care of it are there any examples or stories that come to mind of people that have problem solved um, and really performed at a high level on their own and kind of had that that entrepreneurial spirit whether it's process improvement or just um you know, works with work with client um, projects or anything in general that comes to mind that would uh, be be a good story or an example. Yeah, I, I think it starts with that uh, giving people the freedom to make decisions. So we work across the country. We can't be on site in every one of our projects. Uh, and so we have to trust both our site supervisors and our foremen 
to take care of, uh, of the work and to problem solve in the moment. If they had to stop every time they had to solve a problem and call their project manager or another manager or a leader in the organization to get a decision made, we'd never get any work done because there's, there's a constant need to adjust based on what's happening on the ground. And because I'm not there physically every day, even if they describe it for me, I'm still not going to be the best person to solve that for them necessarily. And so it's giving them the freedom to say, what we expect you to do is to do the right thing based on what you know. We try very hard not to play that backseat uh, driver or Monday morning quarterback. If somebody makes a decision and they have a rational reason why they made that decision, even if it didn't turn out all right, we're okay with that because they made a choice and they had and they stood by that choice. What we don't want is people to make reckless decisions because they're not concerned about the greater good of their team uh, and the organization. And so, uh, you know, we've worked with clients who have not had uh, facilities management programs or paint or paint programs to be innovators with them, to help them problem solve how they can actually develop those pro uh, projects. We have some of the biggest uh, retailers in, in, the, in the world who we work with many of whom we've started at that level where they had something, it wasn't working real well, they didn't quite know why, and our expertise comes in and says, this is how you might want to shape this so that you can be more efficient, effective, and cost savings. We're never the cheapest, we're also not the, the most expensive, but we all offer a, a clear value, and part of our value is that we are problem solvers. Uh, one of our, our hallmarks of the organization from a differential is we're easy to work with. If somebody calls us with a with a problem, we're going to respond with another human that says, we hear you, we got it, we're going, and here's what we're going to do, and then we'll follow it up. And so there are multiple uh, uh, examples of our team's problem solving. We were, a few years ago, we, we had a, a massive project out in California uh, and had never done something like this before. And normally our crews all work independently on their own projects. Well, in this case, it was a massive uh, resort and we had to pull many of our, uh, our uh, self-performing crews together and have one what we called a super foreman at that point in time. Well, if you can imagine a bunch of, uh, of chiefs and, and, and nobody else that is, is there to, to uh, take orders from people, that can be challenging. Instead of having this become divisive, we started to work with them early on to try to uh, make sure that that team cohesion remained. And while we had our ups and downs on that project, at the end of the day, our client was really happy and pleased. And mind you, this was in the midst of COVID. So we started it pre-COVID, we ended it in COVID, and there were challenges along the way. So we had to keep people safe. We had to keep uh, the, the resort um, uh, functioning to the level that it could and still deliver a great, great product. So again, we were finding ways to solve on the ground what needed to be solved. And we had to trust our, our super foreman and his collective foreman around him to make some of those decisions because there's no way we were going to be able to make all those decisions on our own. Same thing when it comes to finding solutions to, uh, we have one client that has a, a uh, emergency area on their on the ground that has to be highlighted. It's part of their spec for how they treat safety in their retail stores. 
Well, the, the, the product that is traditionally used doesn't hold very well to wear and tear. And there's a lot of wear and tear in this area. And so over the years, we have created uh, with them and our manu paint manufacturing uh, partners uh, solutions to that. And, and again, it goes above and beyond what we can just do. We could simply say, well, this is the standard. This is what everybody else does. We'll go and do it. And we know it's not going to last. Instead of doing it that way, we are trying to find a solution that, that will is the right thing to do for the, for the client. That all ties in nicely to the final third core value, which is growth. And growth really does tie those first two together in a way that you're always trying to grow as a person. You're always trying to grow at your skills. Um, talk about growth and why, um, and maybe, yeah, again, stories, examples, anything that comes to mind, but um, maybe first how that came to be the third value, why that made sense. Yeah, the, so as an entrepreneurial organization, you're always looking to grow. Uh, that, is a, that is, again, a core part of who we are as an organization from the time that Chip founded the company to when James and Robert, two current owners, uh, started in the business. And the best example I can give of that growth mindset is Chip giving opportunities to, to James and then to Robert to expand themselves uh, from just being foreman in the field to project managers to sales to uh, today being owners of the business. Uh, and that's a 20-year journey for both of them to get to that point. There are very few organizations, including uh, in this industry, that that's, that's what happens. And so being able to say, hey, I started in the field, I actually did the work, and now I'm owning this business with my uh, counterpart, that would be something that demonstrates that growth mindset. And I think James and Robert have both passed that on to people in the organization. We have promoted more of our project management team from those people who are in the field. We do project management very differently than most organizations do on purpose because we know what works for us. We know how that needs to, uh, how we operate. And the only way you can, you can have project managers who can be effective in doing that is those who have been in the field and done that. So all of our project managers uh, in our paint group have all started in the field. They were foremen and then they got promoted to project managers. Uh, the same is true of our project management team and some of our foremen who have had that entrepreneurial spirit and they could have easily just left the organization uh, and gone out somewhere else and started their own business or gone somewhere else that they might have been able to do uh, be a more of an entrepreneur than the way our model is set up. Instead, we we supported their decision to want to become entrepreneurs. And most entrepreneurs have a hard time then getting the capital to, to start their business. And because these folks were loyal to us and because we wanted to, to help people grow, if they wanted to go out on their own, and we have two of our primary subcontractors right now that this is how they started uh, with us as foremen and then project managers, we help them build their own businesses. They are fiercely loyal to us as subcontractors because of the opportunity we gave them. Lease back on, uh, on vehicles and equipment because they couldn't have gotten that funding traditionally from a bank uh, as, a, as a startup organization. Uh, we have uh, a couple of subcontractors in our local market here in Minneapolis who started with us and have been with us for 20 plus years. And they are an extension of our in-house 
staff. And so growth doesn't just mean we're going to pour into people internally in our organization. If it means that they really have a desire to go out and start something on their own, we're going to support that as well. And so I think that hallmark of being a growth mindset organization isn't, again, just about top line revenue or new service offerings or profitability. All those things are true and they are important, but it's all under the the same mindset of we're going to help people become the best version of themselves, whatever that looks like. And we are we believe that from a growth perspective, people are willing to stretch beyond what they think that they can do today so that they can continue to grow. I think most people believe that growth has, it happens in a step-by-step process. And most of the time, growth happens in the most painful experiences of our life and our failures. So what we say to people is we're not looking to fail. We're not trying to set people up for uh, to not be successful. But what we're saying is when you're stretching, when you're growing, when you're going above your capacity, there's likely going to be some bumps in the road. What did you learn from those so that failure becomes something that's good as opposed to a mindset that says, well, I failed. I can't try this again. Then you become risk averse and and you don't grow as an organization. You don't grow as a human when you're not when you're risk averse. And so for us, there are, though, those things are really important as it pertains to that core value of growth. But as you just pointed out, they all, again, they, they work together. If you ha- are not driven, you're not going to want to grow. You're going to have this fixed mindset that says, well, I, this is how we always do things. That's one of the worst phrases that we can have in this organization uh, is that it's, well, this is how it's always been done. Well, how do we know that's the best way to do it today? And as an organization like ours has grown from a local market organization to a, a, a national uh, company, you've had to try di- different ways of doing things because what worked 10 years ago isn't going to work today. The industry has changed. The, the clients have changed. The way in which we have to do business has changed because we've exponentially grown our people. Uh, and, and so the structure has to change. If you have a fixed mindset, you're not going to be comfortable with that. Most people don't like change if we're honest about it, but we have to understand why. And so we spend a lot of time with our teams helping them understand the why. It's not just simply because the owners want to make more money at the end of the year. More times than not, they're pouring profit back into the the company and not necessarily taking it out for themselves, although they have every right to do so. But they also won't tell people that themselves because that's not their mindset. It's about how do we grow? How do we stretch? How do we improve people's lives? And that goes back to the people side of things. Ultimately, if we can look around our organization and we see people who are are imagining and dreaming of what could be for themselves and we can play some small part in that, we view that as a success. And and so it is making dreams uh, come true for people, not in this, hey, we're just going to give you everything and that becomes an entitled environment, but we're going to enable you to imagine what what that looks like. Does it, does homeownership uh, include that? Does having stability in having enough money in the bank to be able to uh, support your family and then have a little bit of extra, does that mean you are from a foreign country and you have relatives and, and people back home that when you come to the United States and you're working hard and you can go home and you can support an entire village with what you make here, if that means that that's success for you, that's growth for you, that's what we would view as as something that we take a lot of pride in, not because we did anything other than give people the opportunity. It's the same thing in our communities. 
we work with a lot of nonprofits in, in the various parts of the country that we have people living and working in to support those opportunities for people to, to better their community and give back. Uh, and, and that's a hallmark of, of what we try to do in the organization. Again, are we perfect with any of this stuff when it comes to our core values? Absolutely not. Do I as a leader show up in the wrong ways? Yes. The biggest thing that we can learn from all of this for ourselves is that we own what our, our decisions are. We own our behaviors. And when we have somebody confront us about where we fell short, we examine that. We try to figure out the best way to, to, to not let it happen again. And that make sure that we are treating people well, that we are driven to be successful, but we are also understanding that we're going to grow consistently by becoming the best version of ourselves every single day. And that starts with a desire to do one small thing every day that's going to help us become that better version of ourselves. My goal every day is to wake up and make sure that the team around me has all that they need to become better today than they were yesterday and that tomorrow will be better than they were today. And if we have that small mindset, then those big goals that you set for yourselves, they seem much more manageable. If you look at at a big goal that somebody has in front of them, it's going to seem like it's astronomical and they're never going to be able to reach that. So when we can find the disciplines daily to do those small things, that starts to build on each other. And then you're going to be able to find people who care about others because they're building relationships. You have people who are driven to find more success because they've experienced success and that leads to growth. And so they all play off of each other. And again, one, one is not more important than the other. If you swing too wildly with one of those three core values, you're going to have the other ones that are in balance. And then we're actually not living out who we are as a culture and an organization. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.